This is Derek Moyer, and welcome to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. So, welcome back guys to the Freedom Fighter Podcast. I hope you're all well. We are picking up our series that again this week on pruned for better fruit. I hope you've been enjoying it. And my friend Pastor Vince Gartland was meant to be joining us this week on this session, but through illness he's not been able to, so I'm, I'm flying solo here and we're going to be talking today around Against the Tide. So I just pray this is a blessing to you um, and, you know, we'll just open up a wee bit of prayer. So Father, we bless you for this new day. We thank you for this fresh start. We thank you that this is a new beginning, a new day. Your mercies are new every morning. And I just thank you that for every person listening, I just pray you're a touch of your newness and freshness on every heart. I pray for new eyes, fresh eyes to see new things ears that hear new things, heart that's able to receive new things, and those things they receive lead them to a better, uh, to better fruit, to, to, to more fruit in their life, to, better, to, to a better state and condition, spiritually, mentally, physically. I ask these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So guys, I'm really excited to be sharing on this message against the tide. I've never shared on it specifically like this before, uh, but you know, as I've been preparing it, I've really been experiencing myself the the importance of it and the you know the the life that's within it, uh, and it's to be fought for. These truths have to be fought for. They have to be guarded uh, when we're around uh, others who maybe don't hold these views or they kind of half-heartedly hold them. You know, it, it, it's it's important that we take these things seriously. So I just pray as we as we begin. You know what you hear. You know you take you take heed, and you and you say no. I I make corrections with this. It's that important. You know for the rescue and the saving, uh, um, of my life. So I think it's that important. Against the tide. Where's this coming from? Um, the first time I heard anything along that kind of line was I got his book called The Prophet's Way years ago and the the guy that it spoke about, Tom Hartman was the author and it spoke about this German uh, Christian uh, called Herr Müller and it, his life was very impressive. He, went, you know, he ran so many orphanages all around the world and uh, you know, it was a, there was a, it was a spiritual uh, guy, put it that way, and that's what I, how I saw he'd power, he'd, he'd, he'd uh, fruit in his life. And one quote that this guy used for, from Hermuller was, "He who swims against the stream comes to the source." And I remember reading that, and it really just jumped out and slapped me, because I just felt at the time, you know, it just captured something that really spoke loudly to me of, of of this new life I was living. You know, I was no longer just going with the flow, going running with the crowd, you know, taking all the drugs, going to other the places, getting drunk, getting out of my head every weekend, not never for, forgetting, you know, having all these lost weekends, for never remembering where you are. You know, it was like going against all that 
I was coming to the source because a lot of people around me were not trying to swim against the stream. <laughs> you know, the the minority were trying to do that of my associates and family and friends. So it really spoke to me of the need to swim upstream because that's how, when and, you know, how I'll come to the source. Uh, what, what I'm speaking about here, by the way, is um, it, it's about the pruned when God, the Father, that of our spirits corrects us and gives us direction, then how important it is to swim against the tide that would come against that. I've met some people who who really taken this kind of, you, you know, you could easily take this the wrong way, you could take it as this kind of rebellious licence to be a non-conformist and to, to feel like, oh, I can just, you know, argue black was white and round was flat and, you know, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Uh, because really the dictionary says, swimming against the current means to go against or disagree with a prevailing or popularly held perspective. It's to act or behave contrary to the majority of others. I get that and I understand that's important, but this is no what it's primarily about because it's not about me doing everything else because I'm doing the opposite of everybody else is doing just for the sake of it. It's about doing it because I've been corrected by the Father on my spirits. That's the thing to, to, to point out at the beginning. Is we're talking about being pruned from a couple of sessions ago with the, the you know the receiving correction. How important when the pruning is I'm knocking a wee bit off here, I'm 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 cutting a bit off here, I'm redirecting the growth there. You know, that's when we have to direct our efforts to go with that and adapt to that rather than just go, ah, let's just go with the flow and I'll just go how I feel or go with it, go 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 where my flesh leads me. <laughs> so just to break a wee, break this down, give more content around this to to establish the truth. What are we saying? My wee devotional says, and and this that opens up what Herr Muller said about he who swims against the stream comes to the source. It says the oarsman trusting in me, Jesus God, does not lean on his oars. And drift with the tide, trusting to the current. No. More often, he says, once I've shown you the way, it's against the tide that you must direct all your efforts. And even when the difficulties come, it is by your effort that they will be overcome and surmounted. So, that sentiment there in that paragraph is, it's just profound when you dig a wee bit deeper. Because he says, look, see when you trust in me, you don't lean on your oars, drift with the tide, trust to the current. To lean on some means that you rest on it, you rely on it. And what he's saying is your oars, the things that you, that, that are used to row or steer a boat, the things that we, and how, how, what's that in our physical life? That could be your feelings or appetites or desires or will. The things that we use to steer our life, you know, we can allow these feelings and moods and appetites and desires to steer a life. And he says, this is this is not what you should be doing. You shouldn't be leaning on them. You shouldn't just be drifting. The word drift means to be carried slowly by a current. Um, you know, and and which which is said, trusting to this current. So, you know, what what that's what that's really saying is we can we can allow ourselves to drift and go into so off off course. 
we can drift so far away, drifting with the tide of these feelings, with our hurts, with our unhappiness, and we can get so far off course that we've not got enough fuel in the tank to get back on course. That's how dangerous it is. That we, you know, we can we can drift so far away from the path that God's called us to. This is how this is how serious that is. That we get so far off track that we're 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 we're, we're really challenged to get back on track. We can run aground. We can be a shipwreck, and that's what Paul writes to Timothy about. You know um, that that can happen, and our lives, our faith, can be shipwrecked. So you understand how important that is when God tells you and shows you the way, when the Father of our spirit corrects us, gives us that direction, redirects us, instructs us. We have to direct all our efforts against the tide. So just to break it down a wee bit more, what what, what is the tide speaking of? You know, as I've said, it could be the feelings, the appetites, the, 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 the our desires, and we, we do what they say to us. These fickle feelings, these changeable moods. We get up one day and we feel a certain way, and the next day we don't feel so good, so we just go, ah, I'm not really going to bother. I've tried God. I've tried doing it things his way, but, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm no, you know, it's not, it's obviously not working for me. Come on. <laughs> You've tried one, two days. You know, it's about the persistence and, and keeping and continuing at something, even when it's challenging, even when it's difficult, even when it doesn't look as if there's any success going to come, that's when you need to keep doubling down and hitting it, persisting in it, keeping going. Um, it also speaks of the eyes disease. <laughs> you know, the path of going with the path of least resistance, because we're flesh. It's looking for ease. It's looking for comfort. It's looking for that leisure and pleasure that can just feel so good, you know, and so easy. We can just go with the flow and and uh, get down that path that that is so e- it's the p- easiest way. You know, it pro- it's providing the least resistance to us going forward. No, it's we don't we don't have to battle against it. We don't have to struggle and suffer. Think of Jesus in Hebrews 12. He said, he, and, and him resisting sin, he was sweating drops of blood. Have we endured to that level, he's pointing out? Have we endured to the point of resisting it to that level? You know, we think of your own, you know, you think we're doing well when we, when we stop doing something for, for an hour. <laughs> you know, we, we can, but, but that's really what it's saying here. The, the sense of, I can then, Go, the, the, the the path of least resistance, the path that's, there's less struggle, come on, there's less stress, I heard a, a, a teacher in America talk about the, you know, when Jesus said there in John 15 about the the, the fruit, you know, being pruned of your bearing, your bearing fruit, you're going, what, this doesn't make sense, I'm doing well, why am I continuing to get mere pruned, why am I getting cut off and chopped off and re-correct, redirected and corrected, and it's like, that, that's what we can be like. We can actually see this as punishment. We can see it as condemnation. We can see it as hassle and inconvenience. But actually, it's about embracing this pruning process that is actually helping us. We we have some success, but then God and his, his grace and his, his, and his goodness towards us as the gardener, the vine dresser, is saying, I'm, I'm going to reshape you as you grow here so that you'll produce even more and even better fruit. Is that not a great deal? 
It really is. You know, and it's worth, it's worth submitting to. It's worth saying I want that and fight for that rather than just going, anything goes. I want the path of least resistance. I want more self-gratification. Anything for the easier life. Being led by these short-term feelings and happiness. The fact is, for the life of Esau, short-term feelings don't produce long-term satisfaction. Remember Esau? Remember how he sold his birthright, he, he gave away his inheritance, he traded in his inheritance, his potential, his future blessing for a bowl of stew, for something that gave him short-term pleasure, his fe- flesh, his appetites, his senses, they gave him short-term pleasure. And it says in Hebrews chapter 12 that no amount of repentance and tears could restore to him what his choices had uh, resulted in. It is really so, so sober to think about that you think I, he couldn't get back what he had given away. You know, so we need to think about that when we're in these moments of decision. We're at the crossroads of, do I just go with the, go with the flow? Do I just uh, allow myself to drift with the tide of my feelings, with my flesh, with my appetites? Do I just keep yielding and t- caving into temptation? Or do, when God has shown you what, what way to to go, do do you take that serious and and make you know uh, exercise your efforts against this tide to to fight against it, to resist it, to 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 swim against the stream, so that we come to the source. So we see that short term feelings do not produce the long term satisfaction. Yield to all this stuff. So what does? Good question, and Jesus answers it. Believe it or not. Uh, and a very familiar passage of scripture that we'll all know um, but he, he answers this in Matthew 7, the Sermon on the Mount and he said this enter through the narrow gate for wide is a gate and spacious and broad and easy to travel is a path that leads the way to destruction and eternal loss and there are many who enter in through that path the passion says nearly everybody chooses that crowded road but narrow is the gate, and narrow and difficult to travel is the path that leads to life, and there are few who find it. So, breaking down a couple of these words, just for understanding, when Jesus says narrow, he's talking about this path has got limited spatial capacity. It's cramped, it's limited in scope, it's restricted. When he speaks about wide, the dictionary says it it includes a great variety of. It's all-inclusive, everything goes. You know, the opposites are restricted and limited of wide. So, you know, when you think of this in our lives, and how we've bought the lie of, I just want to do what I want to do. I I want so much options. I want variety. And you think here that, Wide, the, the wideness, the great variety, the all-inclusiveness, everything's goes, so broad and spacious and easy to travel. Jesus said that's the way that leads to destruction. That's no the, that's no the uh, swimming against the tide. That's, that's, that's just going with it, going with it, drifting with the tide. Um, you know, but it says narrow is the path. Narrow and disciplined and difficult. Is the, is, is the road that leads to life. And there are few who find it. Um, you know, we run certain groups. But now we've got uh, 
We've got four men's group running and three around Keys to Freedom. And we're sitting quietly with one of the groups uh, just a couple of weeks ago. And one of the new guys, no longer on this path at all, and he has this vision. And on, in the vision, he's running with us. We're all in this crowd, we're running. And there's a line running next to us. Beautiful vision. And it reminded me when he said it of the line of which in the wardrobe where, you know, you see the film and the lion is representing Jesus, the lion of Judah. And in this vision, we are running on this path. And as we run, the path gets narrower and narrower. This is his words. The path was getting narrower and narrower. And he said, I was, he said, the guy that was speaking said, I was going off the path. And he said, the lion's paw was pushing me back onto the path of the road, the narrow, the narrow road. You know, and that really spoke of the the freer to me, the freer and more fruitful our lives become, the more disciplined and difficult and narrower the path that we walk on becomes. I read this for John Maxwell leadership book years ago. The higher you go up, the more restricted and limited the path you walk on is. Why? Because you've got less options. You can't just you know everything doesn't go when you're when you're there. Because your life is more freer and fruitful, so it's it's more it's more limited. And but you know when you're doing things consistently well, uh, it might seem restricted and limited. But the the consistent fruit you're producing is a is a better quality. Um, the Message Bible says that's a great translation of that uh, Matthew seven, and that just adds some more to this. And he says, don't look for shortcuts. To the life God added as God intended for you. Don't look for these shortcuts. The easy way. The, ma- the market is flooded with surefire, easy going formulas for a successful life that can be practised in your spare time. <laughs> you know, this sense of easy going. I was into some of this, like I was looking for self help ideas, looking for the successful life, to end and to ease the pain, but. It, it, it basically didn't require much of you. It, it just like a couple of wee tips and techniques, and you think your life can be can be a lot better because you practice them in your spare time. No, no, no. He then goes on to say, "Don't fall for this that kind of stuff." Even though crowds of people do it, the masses do it. But he says the way to life is vigorous, which means characterized by it or involving strength, effort, or energy. It reminds me of Matthew 11, 12, the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. There's this energy exerting, swimming against the tide. That's what it speaks to. I'm having to go against the tide. And he finishes by saying it requires your total attention and I would add your cooperation as well. So it's not just this wee half-hearted lifestyle that I can just one foot in, one foot out. I'll, days, I'll maybe date the day or maybe no. I'll practice this in my spare time. You know, this, this requires a total attention, a total cooperation. And, you know, to, and it's possible to find that life that, that Jesus offers. There's nothing worse. I don't know if you can relate with this. Uh, and you maybe have had something in your life that you look at them and you, and you see them going their own way. They choose the easier option. They choose the path of least resistance, led by feelings, led by unhappiness, led by less struggle, less stress. And they're missing out on the joys that would come to them after they push through and conquer the pain that they're currently experiencing. They would go against the tide and not just drift away and say, you know what, I'm done. 
I read years ago this this one line really sp- has continued to speak so uh, deeply to me, and it it says this: the frustration of the divine plan is man's tragedy. What is man's tragedy? What's the most tragic thing that can happen to a man? Is to frustrate the the, the divine plan, to de- frustrate the plan of God in his life, to frustrate and 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 hinder and you know veto the. The uh, the potential, the plan, the God's inheritance for that person, like Esau, you know, get I, I've I've sold my birthright, I've sold and traded in my inheritance, frustrating God's plan. That's your greatest tragedy, and it's it's something to really face up to. Think of this, Jesus, Matthew twenty three. Jesus is after all the things that's happened. He is looking over the city of Jerusalem just before he he goes to his crucifixion. He's looking over it, beholding it, he says, and he's weeping over it, crying over it, crying over its people who murdered those uh, that God sent to them to tell them about the good news that would save their souls. Jesus said, I long to gather you and bring you under my wing. Remember, an old mate of mine, dead dead now, but he used to say to me, I'll take Moan and I'll take you under my wing. And what he was saying was, Moan, wee man, Moan to the younger man, I want to help and train and teach you up. You know, and help you help help you become one of the troops, one of the boys. You know, and Jesus was not. I longed to bring them under my wing, like children. I wanted to heal them and to restore them and to set them free to live fully. But they wouldn't let me. They were having none of it. They were so determined to go their own way, and he was weeping over them. You know, and that that is that can be the story of our lives. That God longs to to uh, to to father us to train us, to teach us, to instruct us, but we'll only let him. He longs to heal us, to restore us and to set us free to live fully. But we, we treat it like this kind of, uh, you know, common thing. We don't give it the value, we don't take heed to it. We don't give it our full attention and cooperation. So to finish, what is the solution? If you hear these things and you go, that's me, I can relate with that. Uh, and I want to change direction. I want to swim against the tide because this against the time isn't abnormal. It is normal. This is how we should be living. For Hebrews chapter four, <clears throat> there's tremendous uh, truth that we can. We are invited to approach God's throne of grace with confidence and without fear. <sighs> how good is that? Eh? With confidence, I can come, even though I'm a failure, even though I've done so much. How I've handled my pain. How I've how I believed, how I've reacted, I can approach God's throne of grace with confidence, without fear that I will receive mercy for my failures, for these failures, these specific things we're talking about today, for my self-willed sins, for my going with the flow, for choosing the path of least resistance, you know, wanting the easy path and, and just go, going with my feelings, leaning leaning with the hangs, drifting with the hangs. He says you will find mercy and you'll find his amazing grace to help you in your time of need. These are four R's to finish for you to practice, for you to apply. First R is repent. And that's about committing to demonstrating new behaviour that proves your change of heart. Not just lip service, but it proves I'm changing my heart in this by making a conscious decision to turn away from these self-willed ways that I keep drifting with the tide of my feelings, with my fickle, uh, changeable moods, 
uh, and my desires and start to receive correction and adapt and adjust to it. That's what repentance looks like. Second R is recommit to wholeheartedly directing our efforts against the tide of our self-gratification, against the tide of our longing for the path of least resistance and struggle and stress, against the path of being led by short-term pleasure and happiness. We have to recommit to say, I am going to live my life with what you showed me and I'm going to direct my efforts to, to, to go against the tide of what's coming against me. And finally, the third R is to resolve by the grace of God to travel the narrow path, to travel the road less travelled, to find and fight for that life that God intends for you. That's the solution. And that can only come for you. The choice is yours. So God bless you guys. I'm going to finish with a song uh, from George Strait, country artist who song who who sung the song "The Road Less Travelled." There's a road, a winding road that never ends, full of curves. Lessons learned at every bend Going's rough Unlike the straight and narrow It's for those Those who go against the grain Have no fear Dare to dream of a change Live too much to the beat of a different drummer And it all might come together And it all might come unraveled On the road less traveled